Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Draw Control Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm joined by former Maryland and UPenn women's lacrosse player Abby Bosco. Abby was on the 2023 IWLCA First Team All-Region and the All-Big Ten Tournament Team. Abby was also a 2022 Big Ten Defender of the Year and a 2022 USA Lacrosse Magazine First Team All-American. Abby also helped lead Maryland to a Big Ten Championship in 2022. Uh, Abby, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's an honor to get the chance to speak with you today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you on. And obviously, the summer is sort of wrapping up at the time of this recording. So how was your summer? And did you do anything interesting outside of lacrosse? Or was it all AU stuff this summer for you? Yeah, well, it was a lot of lacrosse from, you know, graduation, not till the end of May, and then AU. But then I actually just last night got back from I took my first trip to Europe. So definitely, I would consider that something fun besides lacrosse. So I was able to go with one of my best friends from Penn who played lacrosse there as well, her mom and my mom. So we had a little girls trip to a few different points in Italy. And so that was definitely really fun and nice, relaxing week post AU. That's awesome. Where in Italy did you guys visit? I only know like the Colosseum and uh, the tower that leans, obviously, the, <laughs> yeah. the one in Pisa. We were in Sardinia for a couple days, so we got to see a few different spots around there, and then Rome for the the last half of it. So saw like Rome, Tuscany, a few different places there. So definitely That's saw the Colosseum. That was a big one. That's awesome. Is the food there better than Italian food here in the U.S.? It is really good. I can't say that I had a bad meal there. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I would say Italian food's probably my favorite foreign dish it's either that or i gotta think about it it's probably italian maybe like maybe there's something from like portugal that i I would have liked that i just don't realize but i would say that's probably number one. Oh yeah it's number one on my list now obviously like you mentioned you were recently playing in the au pro women's lacrosse league uh, what was that experience like for you getting the chance to be a part of that league because i saw your face everywhere they, they it was pretty fun seeing um the stuff that you did with that with that league Thank you. It was so cool. I mean, just dating back to when my freshman year at Penn started, there really wasn't that much of a forum for women to continue to play lacrosse post-college. It was, they had the WPLL for a bit, but then it kind of dissolved. So there wasn't really, I didn't ever think that playing professionally would be an option for me. And then you know, fast forward to this past summer, I had the amazing opportunity to do so. And it was I mean, I don't even think I have the right words for the experience because it's you get to play with not only girls my age or that were in college the same time I was that were longtime rivals, but also girls who I grew up looking up to and watching and being able to share the field with them and be their teammate was just surreal. So I want to start off this podcast talking about the beginning of your career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today. So uh, from the research that I did on yourself, it says you're from Suffern, New York. So talk about growing up there and how did you start playing lacrosse? Yeah, well, Suffern, New York was a bit of a lacrosse hotbed when I was growing up. So when I was four years old, my mom signed me up for the youth clinic. So kind of put a stick in my hand when I was young. And I think I just kind of fell in love with it, took a big liking to it. Obviously, you're not that good when you first pick up the stick, but 
um I kind of just stuck to it and then as I got older I also played soccer and basketball which I think all growing up I loved all three equally and I kind of said whatever season I was in that was my favorite sport that was a sport I was focusing on and then when I got to the recruiting age I saw you know just my love for lacrosse grow and the doors that could potentially open with the opportunity to play collegiately so I think that's when I really like locked in and wanted to play collegiately but yeah it was just kind of a a hot bad really good high school team when I was growing up so just kind of went through the youth program at Suffern and yeah now like you mentioned you also played soccer and basketball uh, how did those sports help you out in lacrosse I think probably eliminates burnout because I feel like players today play only one sport so I feel like burnout is much more common than it was back when you were in high school oh yeah I think I mean it's helped me in ways that I think I haven't even realized but I think the obvious one is just like you said burnout but then IQ I think defensively basketball helped me so much in an IQ sense I think the physicality of soccer helped as well as like you have to be in top, top shape to be able to just run and chase that ball. But I also think they helped me just stay in shape and work muscles that I didn't necessarily work in the other two. So if I was working certain muscles in soccer, just helping with injury prevention, I think a lot also is what people are starting to see. So not that that wasn't my goal when I was playing them. It wasn't like to stay in shape to prevent injury. It was just because I truly loved the teams I was on and getting to play, like like you said, kind of divide my time. And even in soccer season, I was still playing lacrosse and still going to basketball shoot arounds, but majority of my time was dedicated to soccer. And I think that that definitely, the skills are so translatable. Yeah, for sure. Are you a big soccer fan outside of playing or are you just more of a player? More of a player. I'm a huge basketball fan outside of, but um, I don't watch a ton of soccer. I um, They're at the facility I train at in Jersey. Actually, Matt Turner, who's the USA goalie, he um, also trains in that facility when he's, he just um, went abroad, but he when he's back in the U.S. So I'll, I'll watch when he was on Team USA. I watched some of those games and I watched the women's U.S. But other than that, I don't watch a ton of soccer. Well, I know you're just in Italy and I know Christian Pulisic is just uh, recently joined AC Milan and he's having a lot of success so far. So I didn't know if like you were excited to potentially uh, be in the same country with him, especially since he's American as well. No. <laughs> he's awesome, though. <laughs> Who's your favorite basketball team? Oh, well, I mean, collegiately, I have to go the Terps because mm-hmm. I've spent the past two years cheering for them. Um, but... I, I would definitely say I'm a little bit more into college basketball. Mm-hmm. So the Terps, obviously. Yeah, I'm honestly, I, I like UConn a lot, but I like the Celtics more. I'm more of a pro basketball yeah. guy for some reason, which is weird for me to say. Um, But I would say I'm definitely a Celtics guy. I really like watching them a lot. I'm a Knicks fan because I'm from <laughs> New York, but I can't say I'm too dedicated. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. Well, the Knicks haven't been that like relevant in a in a lot of at least in my lifetime, maybe for a few years. So that could have something to do with it. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, growing up, did you like have a favorite player or team that you liked watching? Um, lacrosse wise. Yeah, yeah. 
I just didn't know, like, I'm obviously you mentioned that there wasn't a lot of pro women's leagues, but I'm curious if you watched a lot of like college lacrosse and if there was like a particular player that you tried to model your game after, especially in high school when you were getting recruited. Yeah, I honestly, when I was getting recruited, like, I feel like now there's so many different forums to watch our games, like ESPN, Big Ten Network, where when I was getting recruited, it was like eighth, ninth grade. So there, it wasn't as easy, I think, to access the game. So I didn't watch a ton. I always wanted to go to Notre Dame. So there were some players on their team that I definitely looked up to. But then just, I mean, to speak to the obvious, when I was getting recruited, Maryland was an absolute powerhouse. So watching players like Taylor Cummings, Zoe Stukenberg, Alice Mercer, Nadine Hadnagy, um, Meg Dowdy. I mean, the list goes on and on. Julia Briggs. So watching all of them. But um, I really like... I didn't have one school that I like watched, watched a ton. And let's talk about your high school lacrosse uh, days because you played for your high school at Suffern where you mm-hmm. had a lot of individual and team success with that school. Uh, so what was your high school lacrosse experience like? And what's like the best memory you have from your high school lacrosse days when you look back on it now? Yeah, I was fortunate to play with a really stacked high school team. So when I was I got pulled up at the end of my eighth grade year, but didn't play until my freshman year, really. So my freshman to senior year, but we had such a stacked, I think my freshman year, we had like 12 juniors that were committed to a D1 school. So I really didn't see much playing time or much opportunity until really my junior senior year. So I think it taught me a a lot outside, I guess, of lacrosse, I would say, in that making the most of your opportunities and not taking them for granted. Like when they're giving to you, you can't crumble and fall. You need to be confident and execute on them. So I think it taught me a lot about work ethic and, you know, making the most of my opportunities when given them. And I think that that helped me really to just grind in college to get to where I was. How did your high school lacrosse experience more specifically help prepare you for your college days? What was it like playing against those commits in practice really must have made you a better player um, mm-hmm. and it made that transition probably easier once you got to Penn? Yeah, I think just like to speak to the fact that I really wasn't given the opportunity to contribute much until my junior senior year speaks to the fact that I had to, you know, work hard to get what I was given. So not just getting something handed to me, but earning it. And I think that that translated a lot to coming in as a freshman. You know, there are three grades of girls who have been in your shoes before and have at least one to three years of collegiate experience on you. So I think it really taught me to not have any expectations, but to just work my hardest and put my best foot forward. So let's talk about your original recruiting process with UPenn. Uh, What was that like for you and what made you want to go there versus the schools you might have looked at? Because if I'm not mistaken, going to an Ivy League school is a lot different recruiting wise than like a regular school like Maryland because you can't sign um, a national letter of intention or something like that. If I, I might have gotten that mistaken, but I remember someone telling me that and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, that's that's right, because they don't give any athletic aid out. So There's no like athletic scholarships really. So you don't sign a letter of intent for that. But um, it was very, I think my dream school was always Notre Dame. So I kind of always had my eyes set on that. And then I was like, you know what? My parents always preached to me when I was growing up, like do well in school so that when the recruiting process comes around, you don't have to limit yourself to schools based on, you know, your academic standing. So 
that was always kind of preached for me. So I was lucky when I was going through the process that I didn't really have to limit the schools I was looking at based on, you know, will I be able to get in here? And so I was like, you know what? There was a girl from my high school, Lely De Simone, who was five years older than me. Her dad was my JV lacrosse coach. And, you know, he was really my first coach who instilled confidence in me and gave me the opportunity where, um, you know, wherever he saw fit and really believed in me and instilled a lot of confidence in me. So his daughter excelled at um, Penn. And when they reached out to me, obviously, like a great family connection there. So I went and visited and I wasn't really sold the first time I went. I was like, you know, this place is cool, but I want to go to like a big time football school, whatever. <laughs> um, and then I think I, I visited a couple more times and I really just loved the culture of the girls, like how close knit they were and the opportunity to get an Ivy League degree. I was like, you know, I'd be crazy to pass up on this opportunity. And at the time I was getting recruited, Penn was, I think, like number six, number eight in the country. Like they were a super competitive program. And so I remember the day before I committed, I went into um, Coach D. Simone, his name was, I went into his office and just talked to him. We created a whole pros and cons list. And I think it just really sold me on the school. So I think I could credit a lot of that to him and to my parents for, you know, preaching that academics is so important and allowing me to go to a school like that. Now, as a freshman, what was like the biggest adjustment you had to make to college lacrosse? I would definitely say everyone's like bigger and stronger when they have a year of college under their belt and also the pace of play. It's so different. I think in high school, a lot of college recruits can just get away with getting by players based on their speed and on defense, not letting players pass you just because you're faster than everyone else. And that is just not applicable when you're on the same field as all the best players in the country. So I would definitely say, you know, the having a year of strength and conditioning training at a division one school, along with that pace of play would be definitely the two. How did you balance academics and lacrosse at such a high level when you're at UPenn? Because obviously the academic workload is much more, I guess, difficult than other schools. Yes, um, it was definitely hard at times, but always super manageable. We had a lot of resources provided to us. So like athlete study hall, we had study rooms in our facility, um, student athlete tutors if we needed. So a lot of that stuff helps. But I think you know, there were some nights where you were up till 1, 2 a.m. finishing a paper and you were training at 6.30 in the morning at Lyft. So I think it taught me a lot about just kind of that grind and being able to um, push through if you want to see the results. But there were a lot of resources available to us that made it extremely manageable. I want to ask you this, actually, since you went to an Ivy League school, and obviously Maryland's a really good school as well, but is the work at an Ivy League school more difficult than a school like Maryland? It's hard for me to answer that. It definitely, like, comparing with some of my friends who did undergrad at other schools and, like, hearing that we would have stay up till that time to finish work, it definitely seems like it's a little bit more of a workload, but it's hard for me to tell because... I actually did a super unique grad program at Maryland. So I wasn't in their undergrad um, program. So it's, they're very, they were very different programs. So it's hard for me to really compare, but I think you have to put in work everywhere, anywhere you go. Oh, for sure. I'm just, you know, that like the math classes though at UPenn are probably way more difficult than 
a math class at pretty much any university, no matter how good it is. So yeah, it's something I took- I've always thought about because I'm never going to go to an Ivy. I'm not that smart, but just something that I, I, I'm always curious about. Yeah, I did. I took calculus at Penn and it was probably the hardest, harder than biology. I took biology there. Calc was harder. Yeah, yeah. I think the toughest class I ever taken in college is probably chemistry. That was just because a lot of math involved and science, which I struggle with. So, um, but you know, we got through it and now I don't have to take any of those type of classes now. So, which is pretty exactly. awesome. Exactly. You get through it. Now you got to be coached by Karen Corbett, who I think is one of the most underrated and arguably one of the best women's lacrosse coaches of all time. What's she like both on and off the field? Yeah, I had, a. I was lucky where I had two really great experiences in Penn and at Maryland with Kathy Reese and um, Karen is definitely very much so like we're getting it done. Like she's business on the field. She's business and like, and she holds you to a super high standard. And if you're not hitting that standard, you're going to know. And I think that's how it should be, but she's definitely um, she, she set the standard there and look how far of a way it's come from her. I mean, she really, took a program that was nothing when she first started and turned it into a national powerhouse and a team that all teams in the country recognize and really respect. So, um, yeah, I had a really great experience getting coached by her and learned a ton um, all over the field, on and off the field about, you know, being a better person off the field, but also being the best player I could be. She seems so intense on the sidelines. It's a bit scary to me. Is 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 she like? Well, I'm curious if you have any funny stories with her off the field. Oh, I'm trying to. It was hard because my junior and I feel like you get you relate you get super close to the coaches your junior and senior year just because you're older. They come yeah. to you, they trust you, they rely on you for certain things. And my junior and senior year were COVID. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, super intense, but in, in all the right ways, I think she's just so competitive and that's where it comes from. And it makes us on the field want to exhibit that also. Mm-hmm, for sure. Now let's talk about your time with UPenn. So I've seen your first two years with UPenn, you guys lost in the Ivy league championship game, but you still made it to the national tournament. Uh, just talk about those first two years and what you took away from, uh, those experiences playing in those big games and, uh, being a part of a really like ranked good ranked team throughout your time with uh with that school yeah it was awesome and so much fun I mean we we had a really solid team my freshman and um June my freshman sophomore years I think we we won or we split the Ivy League regular season but then we lost in the tournament which was always a bummer I mean you always want to come out on top of those big games but I think it taught me so much about having the opportunity to play in games like the Ivy League championship and then also my freshman year, we played um, Penn State in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and we beat them in double overtime and then wound up losing to Stony Brook in the second round. But being able to, you know, play in those big games and step up in those big moments um, really taught me so much and have led me to where I was able to go. No, obviously, like you mentioned, your final two years with UPenn were cut short due to the pandemic. How did you handle the challenge of having your seasons getting cut short? Because most people only had one season get cut short. You had two. And how did you sort of prepare and stay in shape with so many restrictions and uncertainty for your future after you graduated? Yeah, um, that, no words for those two years. I mean, it was so tough. I think for everyone in 2020, we were all kind of in it together. 
But I think 2021, I would describe it as devastating. And the fact that we had to sit there and watch every other conference in the country have a season, even if it was condensed or shortened, like they put in the work in the offseason and they were getting to show that, you know, we put in the work in the offseason and in the fall in hopes we would have a season. And then January came around and they were like, nope. (laughs) Um, So I think that was definitely devastating. But I think that entire fall we we didn't have access to our facilities at Penn, but there was a chance we were going to play in the spring. So we paid for a field about 30 minutes away, twice a week. We were practicing as a team. And I think my mindset through it all, like I was a captain that year. And it was like, even if I don't have the opportunity to play with these girls, like I want to leave the program better than when I came or in the best standing to compete and be competitive the following year. Because I think that's the ultimate goal when you go to a school, like, you want to go and you want to make a difference and you want to leave your mark and your impact. So it was devastating, but I think, you know, having those practices to bond the team, even if I wasn't ever going to have the opportunity to be a part of that was something that was super important to me. Now, if there was any positive to come from those two seasons being canceled, it allowed you to make the decision to transfer to Maryland and play your final two years with that school. How did the transfer process work for you and why did you decide to go to Maryland? Yeah, it was the transfer process was super unique for me because right when we found out we weren't playing in like at the end of January, I knew that I wasn't ready to be done. I was like, I still love lacrosse so much. And like we talked about before the burnout, like I felt none of that, to be honest. Like I was like, I'll train all offseason again. Like I just want to play. So I entered the um, I would talk to my coaches. They were super supportive about it. They wanted us to be able to continue to play. So entered the portal and it was weird because all these other schools were really getting prepared to play a season, not really looking at the portal, I would say or whatever. But, you know, I had a few schools where I was like, I would love to continue my education and play here. And you know, if those schools want me back, that's great. If they don't, then you know what? I had an awesome four years at Penn. And um, I remember emailing Kathy and and getting a response from her right away. Like, oh, I know who you are. We would love to have you. Um, Let's talk. And I think just from my first conversation with her and talking on Zoom with her and Caitlin and Kenneth, I was just like, this is literally a dream come true. Like I would be crazy to not jump on this opportunity. And so I think I was I was talking to other schools and interested in other schools. But the second that I hopped on Zoom with them, just the way they were as people, the way they are as coaches and just like how successful Maryland women's lacrosse has and continues to be, I, it was just a no brainer. Now, one thing I love about your game is how good you are at the draw circle. And obviously, we're the draw control podcast. So I thought I would ask you, how do you sort of work on your defensive game and your draw control strategies? I guess you could sort of reveal it now since you've officially graduated (laughs) college. But if there's still some secrets you don't want any of your uh, AU teammates to find out, don't 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 feel like you need to share those on publicly. (laughs) No, no. I mean, it's really nothing crazy. I think just... I was actually a midfielder for most of my time at Penn. And when I when they made the transition to defense, I think it really allowed me, I, the draw circle was something I utilized to kind of stay in that midfield role a little bit. Um, and I think it's just so relatable to defense and it's all about instincts and reaction time. I think as soon as the ball goes up, I'm just, you're focused on the ball and it's like nothing's going on around you. It's just like the ball, how does it, how am I going to get that in my stick? 
Um, and I was fortunate enough, you know, to play with Shay um, Ahern at Maryland. She was a powerhouse on the draw. So communication is huge with your draw girl. And on the circle, it probably the times that we win the draw to the circle, it was 99% of the time communicated so that we were positioned on the right side of the ball. Or, you know, we had a plan and talked about it and that's what we executed. So I, it's probably my favorite part of my game. I I just have so much fun with it. I feel like it's like a video game and there's a lot of tactics to it. And you just gotta, you kind of gotta be strategic with it. Now you played in the big 10, um, which is arguably the best conference in co- women's college lacrosse. I would say it's the ACC, but you can obviously yell at me about that. But what's it like being a part of the big 10, just the competition that you face each game? Cause obviously you got powerhouses like Northwestern, um, play and uh, other schools as well, which is obviously a fun, fun games to be a part of, I would imagine. So fun, so competitive. And I think playing other big, te- big 10 teams just comes with like more rivalry and more intensity in the game, whether, you know, you want every game to be your most intense game, but there's just something about those conference games that go from zero to 100 the first second the game starts. But I think being in such a competitive league is what sets us up for the postseason. I mean, you wouldn't be prepared for the postseason if you didn't play that level of competition and be in those high state games that we were able to be in. And obviously your first year with Maryland, your team won the Big Ten championship against Rutgers. Uh, What did that championship mean to you? And what was it like winning that game? Because obviously with UPenn, you came up short in the Ivy League championship. So it must have felt nice to finally get a conference trophy. Oh, yeah, it was such a good feeling. I mean, it's just like the second the whistle blows and you're all celebrating together. It's just like we worked so hard for this, you know, every single day in the fall, in the summer, checking in with each other and making sure everyone's putting the work, putting the work in. And I think it was such a phenomenal season and just an accumulation of how much we loved each other as a team and how much hard work and commitment we put into that the success of that team. And I mean, when you win championships like that, you can't even describe the feeling. It's like cloud nine, you're on top of the world. Did you get a ring for that? And do you still have it? Yes and yes. It's <laughs> where do you keep beautiful. it? Um, where do I keep it? Yeah. It's like on display um, in my room. Like I have a little section of, it's like a little tabletop dresser and I have it with it open. Nice little reminder. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, you got to get that somewhat, you know, memorized in your house at some point, you would imagine, right? I know. I'm hoping that, um, I don't know if we like, maybe in the basement can create a little, you know, wall for it. Yeah, like the jersey and then the the ring or something like that. Yeah, that would be super cool. Figure something out. Maybe when I get a house of my own one day. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. That'll be the first thing you hang up, I would imagine. So. Oh, yeah. Now that year, your team made it all the way to the final four in women's lacrosse. What was that experience like for you both on and off the field, especially since it was in Baltimore that year? So that must have been really cool for your team. So cool. Um, I think, you know, when when you're starting out the season, your goal is to win the Big Ten regular season, win the Big Ten and win the Big Ten tournament. And we kind of checked those two boxes off. And then that ultimate goal of your season is to win the national championship. But I mean, we obviously, we wanted it. We would have loved to get to that, but we did come up short in the end. But I think looking back on the opportunity and the experience to play in a Final Four in Baltimore, where there were so many girls 
in little girls in the stands that, you know, want to be on that field one day was just such a cool feeling. And I think falling short was probably also one of the worst feelings I've ever experienced. But then looking back on the opportunity and just, yeah, like the opportunity to step on that field and play in a final four is something that only a handful of people can ever say they've done. Well, if it makes you feel any better, it probably doesn't. But that Boston College team is arguably one of the best teams I've ever seen with Charlotte North. And it, that was a really – that team was loaded. That was a that was when I was just looking through that roster, doing the research well, interview. Loaded, but it, nothing ever makes it feel any better. You remember oh, – you remember that, like, feeling fuels you, like, in any competitive moment of your life going forward. So obviously you had the chance to have a fifth year with Maryland. So being a fifth year player this past season, what type of leadership uh, did you want to bring to the team? Would you consider yourself more of a vocal leader or lead by example type of player? Yeah, I wanted, I mean, I just wanted everyone, you know, with me being, you know, fifth, sixth year, like wanting everyone to be able to come to me with anything. Um, yes, like you are this person who's, you know, been, I've been in their shoes. I know what it's like and how scary it can be, can be to be a freshman. So, but also just like showing I'm very much so lead by example, like I'm going to go out there and I'm going to put in the extra work and trying to pull people along with me and just show them that that's the standard. And, you know, no one should have to ask you to come do extra work. It's something that, you should want for yourself. And yeah, like we do extra work together all the time. You don't need to go out there alone, but it's kind of just like the standard to be the best. Um, so definitely I would say my approach is very much so lead by example and holding people to that standard of like being the best and putting in the work to do so. Now, what'd you take away from your team's performance this past season? Obviously you guys lost to a really good Northwestern team in the big 10 championship. And then you played your final collegiate game against James Madison in the national tournament, which was obviously a tough one uh, for you. So uh, when you look back, what was just sort of your thoughts on your the past season that you had and sort of your final collegiate game? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely not the outcome that any of us wanted, but I do not regret the past year for anything. Like I wouldn't trade it for the world. I had the time of my life. Um, I played with my best friends and we went through a ton of hardships and battled back, you know, even when we were at the bottom of the mountain, we climbed and we climbed and we gave everything we had every single game. So, I mean, I have no regrets about last season. I think it wasn't the result we wanted, but um, I got to say, I would not want to play the Terps this year. I know they have a lot of good players coming back. Stacked. I heard that it's like, the, I think they're top two or three in the recruiting class for this upcoming season too, as well. So I love it. Are you like the Rob Lowe meme? If they ever played um, a pen in the tournament, like you, when he was wearing the NFL hat, sort of rooting for everybody. Oh, <laughs> that would be hard. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I was just always think about that. Like how weird that would be for you. If, if that ever took place, it would be weird. Now, what would you take away? What what have you taken away from your collegiate uh, lacrosse career when you sort of look back on it now? I already have, like, I talked to one of my friends yesterday and they were like, we scrimmaged for the first day of practice. And I'm like, oh, it's finally hitting in that I'm not there. <laughs> I, I miss it. You know, I would do anything to go back. And I think, I mean, it's taught me so much on and off the field, just, you know, how to 
work hard, build strong relationships, be a team player. I mean, I could go, the list goes on and on. I mean, it's, it's, I think shaped me into who I am and I, I, it's hard to even find the right words for it. I think it's become like my identity the past six years. So it's like finding your identity outside of that, but truly like it has developed me in so many different ways. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, it was the best six years and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, so we're now in a segment I like to call five questions that have nothing to do with lacrosse. And the goal of the segment is to hopefully get to know you a little bit more. Um, yeah. off the field. So first one is what music do you like to listen to? Oh, okay. So one thing about me is I am not like a music guru. Like you don't give me the aux, but whoever has the aux, I can vibe with pretty much anything. All right. so I would say in the car, I'm a huge country girl. In the locker room, I'm very much so like pump up, like rap, pop, anything that's going to get the crowd going. Which teammate was the best on the aux? Oh, you know, she didn't take it that much this year, but Chrissy Thomas was fire on Ox. All right. All right. Shout out to her. Well, yeah. here's a couple more teammate questions. Uh, who was the funniest on, on the team? Also Chrissy Thomas. Like she was my roommate this past year. She's a senior this year. Um, I, We lived together. Uh, she was just like, we had every single day. There was never a dull moment. She's the best. Now, you obviously had the best off-the-field style on the team, but besides yourself, who would you say had the best style on the team? Ooh, that's a good question. Huh, let me think about this. I would say style. I think Tori Hench has really good style. She's oh, Even if it's like a cute like workout, like it's a casual outfit like she puts it on and she has like a matching set always looks good dressed to the t nice you gotta look good to feel good or what's the saying look good feel good look good play, play good, good or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah I, no, she, I, I think that's true so she always she has good style now what's the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week Ooh. Well, okay, this isn't like very interesting, but my sister plays lacrosse at the University of Tampa and there's a hurricane there right now. So I've honestly been like reading up on that a lot because she literally just went back like two days ago and now she's like unlocked, I guess. So it's not that riveting, but yeah. um, kind of the only thing I've been reading up on while I was away. Well, hopefully she's all good and uh, it's not too bad because yeah. I saw it was like a level two or level three. So, and those things, uh, I, I think hurricanes are the worst natural. I, I think a hurricane is probably the worst one because it, it goes on for so long, it feels like. But I don't want to say it because I don't want like a tornado happening or whatever. So, who knows? <laughs> they're no joke. Now, last non lacrosse question is well, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, uh, who would it be and why? Um, Oh, if I had to have, I think I would pick Michael Jordan. Just, yeah. um, you know, I watched the documentary or the docu-series, was it, that came out on Netflix? Like, what was it called? The Last Dance? Yeah, yeah. I saw it on ESPN when it came out during the pandemic. Yeah, and he just seems like, I mean, some people had crazy stuff to say about him, but like, like crazy, just like crazy competitive good and he was going to do whatever he would step on you and tear you to the ground if that's what it took to win 
so I think I would just like to hear like I would have so many questions for him yeah I like the one scene where he's like it was like you never want anything is like so if you think I'm a bad guy that's probably why and it's like the montage of like all the stuff and just like how he pushed his teammates to be the best it was definitely interesting I will say though I, I was thinking but I don't think you could be that way anymore just because of the way the world is today Mm-hmm. I know I know he's the goat though so I would just love to sit and have a conversation with him <laughs> I'd say similar answer to yours probably Tom Brady just because best football player of all time sort of faced a lot of adversity to get to where he is today I think that would be a fun conversation to have for sure now getting back to a, to some lacrosse questions now uh, what should be done to help grow women's lacrosse from your perspective I definitely think it's headed in the right direction. I mean, I think it's grown tremendously in the past couple of years. I think AU is a phenomenal foundation and just continuing to grow on that trajectory. And I think just getting lacrosse to locations and having clinics and games in locations where it's just not that prominent or prevalent yet. But I think it's, I mean, from when the time I was a freshman to now, it's grown like tenfold. And last question for you is, um, do you have any shout outs you want to give to any of your teammates, family members, and friends, and who should we have on the podcast next? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, obviously it starts with my family, my parents, my sister, shout out her. She plays, she's a sophomore at the university of Tampa starting back up again, lacrosse. Um, and my brother, I think I wouldn't be half the person or player I am without all of them and all the drives to tournaments they didn't miss a single one of my collegiate games which is so impressive my parents um and then also just my coaches at Penn but then also Kathy Kennis and Caitlin at Maryland for taking a shot at me and I think that they really transformed me as a player and I had the most fun I've ever had playing lacrosse playing for them I mean you, you always hear it that they're legendary coaches at Maryland but they're even better people um, and just, I mean, I'm thankful for all six years that I had in college and my teammates on every single one of those teams and my roommates who, you know, it was more than just a teammate. But um, I would say that you should have Mary Griffin on the podcast next. She plays at Virginia Tech. I was roommates with her sister, Grace Griffin, and she actually interned with Athletes Unlimited this summer. So I got really close with her because Grace is my best friend. Um, and so I got super close with her and she is just so bubbly, so energetic, so positive and has such a cool story. Well, we, I just interviewed her a few days ago, so I'll be excited to share that one. Uh, when no it, way. Uh, in a week. So yes, yeah, so you don't even have to worry. You get to, you don't even have to worry about um, waiting for it because it'll be out soon. Cool. Yeah. Really nice player. Great story. And us. Uh, Obviously, she did a good job this year uh, interviewing you guys and giving yeah. you guys fun questions as well. Well, Ab Abby, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day and coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It means so much to myself. I wish you nothing but the best uh, for your future endeavors and with AU Lacrosse. I know you're going to do great things. I told you this before, but you were my, one of my favorite players to watch last year, and it was super cool for me to get the chance to interview you today. And uh, yeah, you're a great player, even better person. And I'm really, I'm really, this was a really fun conversation for me to have. Thank you. I appreciate it. Same to you. It was awesome.